Hey, Leading Learning listener, if you represent a membership organization looking for ways to expand your online course catalog rapidly with high quality content, we have good news. At leadinglearning.com AMA, you can find out how to make online training from the American Management Association available to your learners. Through a partnership between AMA and Tagoras, the parent company of Leading Learning, you can give your learners access to more than 70 e-learning modules covering essential business topics ranging from leading and innovating, to managing projects effectively, to working in hybrid teams. For details on how to grow your catalog with courses from a true global leader in management training, visit leadinglearning.com AMA. If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 138 of the Leading Learning Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about four major themes or what we're categorizing as the four C's of the current learning landscape. These are basically areas that all learning businesses should be thinking about as they consider how best to grow and improve their offerings. Before we get to those four C's, though, we want to acknowledge our sponsor for the second quarter of 2018. And that sponsor is Review My LMS, a collaboration between our company, Tagoras, and 100 Reviews, the company that's behind the very successful Review My AMS site. As the name suggests, Review My LMS is a site where users can share and access reviews of learning management systems. But in this case, the focus is specifically on systems that are a good fit for learning businesses, meaning organizations that market and sell lifelong learning. Contribute a review and you will get access to all existing and future reviews, and there are already more than 100 on the site. And if you don't have a review to contribute, there's also a subscription option. Just go to ReviewMyLMS.com to get all the details. For our resource for this episode, we're offering the recording of our 2017 Learning Trends 2018 Learning Forecast webinar. This is the most recent of our annual Trends and Predictions webinars, and the trends and predictions highlighted are definitely still relevant, even still unfolding. You can get the link to that recording simply by visiting the show notes for this episode at leadinglearning.com slash episode 138. Now, Jeff, let's turn to this idea of the four C's, and maybe we should start with how we decided on this topic for the episode. Definitely. This is a classic case of us practicing what we preach and repurposing some content. So a couple of weeks ago, I spent the day working with a group of training directors, and as part of teeing up that day, I was asked to talk about what I saw as some of the the major trends the group should be tuned into. Naturally, to put the talk together, I drew on a range of content that we've developed before, whether for our blog or for webinars or for events like Learning Technology Design, our our virtual conference, and I pulled those together into a brief presentation. And now, of course, we feel like it makes sense to share some of the core parts of that presentation more broadly with the hope that they can be of benefit to all of the learning business professionals who tune into the podcast. And with the aim of making them as easy to remember as possible, we've boiled these core parts down into four terms that each start with the letter C. So let's dive into the first one, which is concision. That's not an everyday word, so I'll repeat it, concision. And I'll also provide a definition, a standard dictionary definition of concision, focuses on the use of words, specifically minimizing words. 
But our slightly modified definition, as it applies to the learning landscape, is that concision means minimizing time and effort while conveying an idea. It aims to enhance communication by eliminating redundancy without omitting important information. In the world of learning, we see this concept of concision is very tightly aligned with another concept we've discussed before, the minimum effective dose. You don't want to take too much medicine to treat an illness. Um, More very often is not uh, actually uh, better. It doesn't necessarily increase effectiveness and can actually end up being harmful. So in the same way, it's increasingly important that we strive to offer learning experiences that are designed to get the job done and not overburden the learner or potentially even interfere with learning by including extraneous content that can detract from what's truly important. So we see learning experiences that adhere to concision as needing to be lean. So that's that no extraneous content idea. Um, uh, Learning experiences that are uh, concise also need to be accessible. So to the greatest extent possible, minimize barriers like travel or having to wait until a specific day or time to participate in the learning experience. Um, Learning experiences that adhere to concision also are very focused, so they're geared toward addressing a very specific issue or opportunity. And we also see that concise learning experiences are um, effective, so they're designed to leverage learning practices that help learning stick and have real impact. It's almost certain that leading learning listeners have been feeling the impact of concision. It's a big driver of the whole micro-craze, Microlearning, micro credentialing, nano degrees. Uh, and the show notes will be sure to link to some earlier episodes where we've discussed some of those uh, concise trends. Um, concision is also a big driver of the video craze. And I'll say that we expect to see interactive video start to play a bigger role and really help to turn some of those brief uh, learning videos into much more effective learning experiences. So, concision is one. I mean, we've been hearing so much about this or related to this for quite a while now. It's going to continue into the foreseeable future. Um, as you mentioned, you know, micro-learning, micro-credentialing, people want shorter, uh, people want video, they like video learning, they like those short videos. But as you just mentioned, Salisa, I mean, they they have to be focused and they have to be effective because, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you don't really get uh, an effective dose if you haven't applied the learning practices that are going to make that, uh, that, that dose of learning do what it's supposed to do. So, you know, hopefully we're heading into a time where, yes, people are going to adopt micro-learning. We're going to see the short video, but we're going to start seeing the interactivity in the video. We're going to start seeing the, the really effective design around those short pieces of learning so that concision becomes, you know, not just a fad or a trend, but a really highly impactful uh, addition to what we're doing with uh, adult learners. So that's the first one, concision, uh, striving for that concise, impactful learning. And again, everybody's probably feeling that. Uh, and, and you're probably feeling this next one too, though maybe, maybe not quite as, uh, uh, maybe, maybe isn't quite as tangible yet as, uh, as something like concision is, and that's context. Um, we've talked about the importance of context in, in various ways over time, but uh, 
I was very inspired recently because I was listening to, to somebody at a, a learning event for my own professional development that I'd gone to with the Institute of Management Consultants. And uh, uh, Mike Wittenstein, who's a consultant from Atlanta there, made a statement during his pre- presentation that uh, said, basically, context is up for grabs. Uh, that's how he put it. Context is up for grabs. And you know th- that just really struck me because it is, it is so true that... Uh, you know, we've got so much information, so much we're trying to sort through these days, um, trying to figure out, you know, what is uh, important, where should we be focusing? And for our learners, you know, they're trying to figure out uh, context uh, and they're looking to us to, to help figure out context for, you know, where should they be focusing in this really chaotic world that we're in right now. So I think it's becoming more and more important that um, we provide effective framing uh, as learning businesses. So, you know, we, just like, you know, when you, when you frame a picture, you help to bring out the most important parts of the picture, the most meaningful parts of the picture. We should be doing that with our learning experiences, really, you know, figuring out what the, the most important parts are, are to highlight. And, and this, this whole focus on context is a big driver behind one of the other key trends that we hear so much about these days, and that's personalization of the experience for the learner. Again, you know, learners are, are, are looking for those concise experiences that really go to the heart of what they're trying to learn, and they're looking to us as learning businesses to, to figure out how to do that for them. And I, I'd suggest to anybody who's interested in this, if you go out and search, if you use Google Trends and search on the, the term personalization, you'll see it just skyrocket uh, in recent years. And, and so much of this is about, you know, how do we provide context, how do learners get the context that they need for their learning so they're really getting to the important stuff. And there, there are a couple of um, kind of related practices and trends that uh, are going to go along with this focus on context. And, and we've touched on, on both of them in, in different episodes or in other places, and, and we'll link to uh, uh, resources that we have around this. But the first of them is simply curation, which we've talked about a lot. And if you're going to personalize an experience uh, for a learner, if you're going to provide that context, then as a learning business, uh, you have to get good at curation. And uh, I used the framing analogy earlier, um, sort of from the art world. Curation also from the art world that, you know, when you, when you put together uh, pieces of, of art, when you curate them into an exhibit, you're really bringing out more meaning, you're bringing out more value, you're connecting the dots. And we increasingly need to be doing this with how we're pulling together the different types of learning content and experiences that we can provide for our learners. And, and we did do an, an episode specifically on curation, and we'll make sure that, uh, that we link to that. Now, that's, I think, uh, kind of the, um, uh, the, the, the hand-crafted uh, approach to providing personalization, though there are a lot of tools that can help with that curation process. But then the more uh, automated version of that that's going to become, obviously, more and more important is uh, artificial intelligence and the role that artificial intelligence is going to play in uh, helping to curate, helping to personalize, helping to provide context uh, for learners. And uh, you know, increasingly, we're going to be looking to big data that we're able to collect from out in the world. A lot of buzz around big data, but uh, just the, the, the you know, huge amount of data you can get about any field or industry. We're going to be looking at the small data that uh, we get from what our learners are actually doing and being able to uh, track that over time connecting that big data and that small data um, through algorithms. Uh, and once you do that, you've got artificial intelligence, basically. So really being able to, to leverage that uh, artificial intelligence to determine, you know, what does this particular learner need in front of 
her right now that's going to make sense, um, what's going to personalize that experience for her, provide the context that's going to be you know, incredibly important uh, for her and her, and her learning needs. And, you know, and I'll stress that uh, this, this still sounds kind of futuristic to be talking about artificial intelligence, I, I think, but um, I think it was uh, Bernard Bull who was saying you know, in, in, a, in a recent interview that it's, it's hard to say exactly when it's going to kick in. It may be 25 years out or it might be two years out. We just don't know at this point. But I will point out that it's, it's already going mainstream in so many ways. It's getting so much easier to do things with artificial intelligence. If you go and look for, for example, Watson Studio, um, IBM has put uh, its artificial intelligence engine online for free. And it's not something your average person is going to be able to go and use effectively. But anybody who has some skill sets uh, around uh, the development, around programming, is going to be able to make use of you know, very powerful artificial intelligence engines right now from IBM. Amazon uh, offers that. Google has uh, an offering along those lines. So we're going to see artificial intelligence become a much bigger thing. We're going to see curation become a much bigger thing. Each of these are feeding into this need for personalization, which is part of that second C context, really being able to both help learners construct their own context, but as learning businesses to provide the context that they need for effective learning. When you mentioned Bernard Bull uh, talking about some of this, I also have, there's an upcoming interview that we'll be releasing with Brandon Carson, and he's talking about uh, curation bots. So basically exactly right. marrying these two things where you have that curation, which you called right now sort of the more manual approach, but actually it's becoming this intelligence, artificially artificial intelligence driven uh, phenomenon. So yeah, it'll be interesting. We don't know exactly what the timeline is, but it's it's definitely coming. So the third C is competency. And we've seen a lot of activity in this area. And, you know, why such a focus on competency? Well, we think it's um, because of a handful of reasons. Um, First, the world has changed and with it, the nature of work. And we've written about and discussed this in many other places, including in our recent episode with futurist Heather McGowan. Um, We'll make sure to link to the interview with her in the show notes. So we're not going to go into great depth here, but the basic idea is that um, with jobs changing rapidly, with people changing jobs and even careers much more often, with people living and working longer, there is a rapidly growing need to acquire new competencies. Another reason that competency um, is such a focus these days is because it solves two sides of the same problem. So employers need to be able to better verify that they can get workers who are truly competent to fill emerging roles. And then on the other side, you have workers who need to be able to add and update skills and be able to show employers that they have those required skills. And then Competency also satisfies our desire for clarity. You know, people want to see that there is a well-defined, logical progression that can that they can pursue um, through a career by achieving appropriate competencies. Um, and this ties into career pathing. And we talk about career pathing in uh, the Trends and Predictions webinar, which is the resource for this episode. Um, and we also talk about some of the implications of career pathing there. So be sure to check out um, the recording of, of that webinar, the resource for this episode. And we've seen new and arguably better ways emerge to measure and validate competency. So I'm thinking about things like badges and other alternative credentialing. And these are naturally leading to new opportunities for learners and learning businesses. And they're contributing to the amount of attention that competency is receiving. 
Incompetency is again, I mean, that well, all of these, you know, we're going to see them all continue to, to grow in importance. That's why we're highlighting them here. Um, but, uh, you know, competency is, is just going to be a, a really big driver of the learning business in, in general uh, during the next several years and, and probably beyond that. So, so far, we've got concision. So providing those, you know, brief, targeted, but in effective and impactful uh, uh, learning experiences. Uh, we've talked about context. So, you know, really helping to shape the context for learners, help them shape the context, uh, leveraging tools like curation and artificial intelligence, and then competency. And, uh, you know, all that that's going to um, afford in terms of uh, opportunities for both businesses and learners going forward. The last of the C's that uh, we want to highlight for this episode is community. And like most of these, I mean, community is, is something that we've, we've been talking about for a while. We've done a, a lot of work in the area of social learning, a lot of research around that. We'll be sure to, to link to our um, social learning and the association uh, space white paper as part of the, the resources for this. But, um, you know, we, we've just gotten the sense that uh, community is kind of turning a corner, um, uh, reaching a tipping point, uh, so to speak, in terms of the role that it's going to play for learning businesses going forward. And we do have some, some data to back that up. Um, we've seen um, significant growth in the, the data that we've collected through our Association Learning Plus Technology report, for example. So in 2016, when we ran that report, uh, uh, close to 22% of respondents that are using learning technologies said that they actually had a, a learning community platform that, that, that was incorporated into uh, those learning technologies. And another 20% said that they planned to uh, start using a platform in the, in the coming 12 months. And then those plans, they actually played out. So when we did our most recent survey uh, end of last year, um, we had 37.4% say that they do use a private online community platform, and then another close to 15% that plan to use one in the year ahead. And, you know, more and more, these are being integrated into uh, other tools like learning management systems. Uh, a lot of the learning management system providers, uh, in addition to having some community capabilities within their LMSs, now have, you know, standard integrations into platforms like HireLogic, which have such a big footprint in, in the community world right now. And we're starting to see signs that uh, organizations are going to get more thoughtful about how they use the community. It's one thing to get it up there. It's another thing to actually get people to you know, engage with it and do meaningful things with it. But just seeing the momentum that's going in the number of organizations that are now getting community platforms in place, you know, whether it's specifically for learning right now or not, whether they think of it as for learning right now or not, or whether they you know, truly do have a plan for it around learning, just the, the sheer volume of organizations that now have community platforms in place, we feel like this is going to be sort of the next webinars. We already know that, you know, almost all uh, organizations are offering webinars at this point. Um, community platforms are basically the, the next thing that, that all organizations are going to have to have. And, uh, and, you know, and we're seeing more interesting use of uh, how these sort of communities play out. I mean, we ourselves made a lot of use of, of community in the context of learning technology design um, and, and tried to have some very specific strategies around uh, using that. I've seen organizations start to make um, much more use of um, video as elements of community now. So I mentioned the Institute uh, 
for management consulting uh, earlier, um, and they um, they actually do video chats using Zoom every week and kind of use that as a basis for pulling the the community together uh, on on a weekly basis. We've seen groups like um, the Association for Research and Vision and Ophthalmology, uh, ARVO. Um, they've you know, put together a, a great uh, community around a, a leadership initiative that they have, and they're incorporating into that you know, elements of microlearning, for example, that are blended into that community environment. So they ha- have social learning objects, basically. Well, and they've got concision then, too. They've got concision, too, yeah. So they're blending concision, blending community. They're using community to help shape uh, context, um, they are going to be providing some credentialing around that as well. So they're, they're, they're hitting on, they're firing on all engines there at uh, Arvo. So uh, kudos to uh, Gail Clayman and, uh, and her crew there. Um, they also have a mentoring component coming into that. And I think that uh, uh, associating mentoring with community is going to be a, a much, uh, uh, it's going to be a powerful thing going forward as well. And we've seen Educause do that, uh, blending community and, and mentoring um, in, in their program. So you know, all in all, just the, the ability to do community now because of what technology provides for and, you know, the fact that it's being put into place and, and the vast majority of uh, organizations right now, so learning businesses, have access to it, you know, now getting more thoughtful about it and how it can be sort of a glue that pulls together some of these other C's that we've been talking about. Uh, you know, I just think the, the the power of community is tremendous and it's something that we... Um, every learning business really needs to be focused on how is that going to factor into what they're doing now and going forward. So just to wrap up, we're going to repeat those four C's. We talked about concision, context, competency, and community. And I'll just reiterate, as we said at the beginning, that we really think these four C's are critically important to learning businesses. Those that are um, thinking about how to grow, those who are thinking about how to be more effective. So those are our thoughts on those four C's. We'd love to hear anything that you were thinking or doing in uh, any of those four C areas. You can always uh, comment and share your thoughts by coming to the, the page where we post the show notes for each episode. And to get the show notes for this episode, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 138. And when you go there, you'll also be able to find a link to the trends and prediction webinar recording that we mentioned as a resource for this episode, along with a number of other uh, episodes and resources that we've mentioned along the way. While you're there at the show notes, you're also going to see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're getting value out of what you hear, we would be really and truly grateful if you would subscribe. And we'd also be grateful if you take just a minute to give us a rating and review on iTunes, preferably a five-point uh, rating, five-star rating on iTunes. And to do that, all you have to do is go to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. That'll put you in the right place. We really appreciate your leaving those ratings and reviews. It helps us know that you're getting value out of the, the podcast, uh, but it also helps others who are searching for this type of content to find it because it's much more likely to pop up in these search engines. And we'd be grateful if you'd take a minute to visit our sponsor for this quarter, Review My LMS. Jeff and I put a lot of work into producing and delivering the Leading Learning Podcast, and one of the main reasons we're able to do that is because of the support of sponsors. So please visit ReviewMyLMS.com, and if you can, contribute a review to help others find the right platform for their needs. Finally, please consider telling others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet just by going to leadinglearning.com slash share, or if tweeting isn't your thing, pick another social network of your preference, or just walk down the hall and tell somebody about it. But whatever you do, please help spread the good word. Thanks again, and see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.